This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and to start us off is a quote from Sean. don't know this one we talked about it in our last episode did we really nick i can't think of any no no i'm not so this is an evil spirit that's trapped in a book that's trying to entice a teenager to use her so she can get more powerful it's from the care bears movie (laughs) this was a witch yeah she's a witch she possesses nicholas and has him do spells in a cauldron Alrighty then. I have no memory of the Care Bear movie, so it's creepy as fuck. Is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> There's this part in the end where he like comes out and he's walking in like slow motion and he's like, Where did you hide them? And I'm like, what the hell? Why didn't you use that quote? How can anybody get Nicholas and think Because oh. if you've seen Care Bears, you know what I'm talking about because it haunted many people as a child. Okay. Fair enough. Plus that wasn't her saying that, that was Nicholas saying that. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, still. Awesome. Care Bears the movie. (laughs) We just did Care Bears the movie. We did. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to Brunch with the Hollowells. That was a quote from Sean. And uh, we have a very good episode for you today because episode 11 of season three is one of my favorites of the season. Damn. It is. I I don't know how you feel about it, Sean. We'll get to that, of course. But I just think a lot was unpacked in this one. And um, there was a lot of like comedy in it and a very good villain this week. And it was it, to me, this was just well written. But uh, before we get to that, is there any witchy news that we want to talk about? So I'm going to comment just a little bit on the season premiere of Charm 2019. Uh, Sean has not watched this, so I'm not going to spoil it for him or for you in case you haven't watched it. But I, I don't, I, I don't know what they are doing. I just don't. I'm more confused than what I was at the end of the first (laughs) season. Uh, They are definitely going a different route, for sure. And I'm not even comparing it to the original. This just has to do with this standalone episode and what I just saw. And while I think they try to sort of keep all the key points hidden until the end of the episode, the journey was confusing. I couldn't allow myself to sit there and enjoy it because I didn't know what was going on. Just so much stuff was happening. And Sean, you'll see something that happens. And if I think by season three of watching Charmed, you have enough mythology to understand that what you see in this episode, you're like, how in the hell did they just go there? And it's just confusing. I don't know where this season is leading to. And there's a lot of questions. And... One of the biggest things that I have noticed now, and I I love the fact that this show wants to promote feminism and like, you know, we're three women and we're very strong, which they are very strong characters. But I'm now getting a sense that these girls, these women, they don't know what to do without Harry. Harry might as well be a fourth charm one. They can't do anything without him. And it's starting to get stale and a little bit annoying. You guys are the most powerful witches in the world that takes care and protects magic. And you honestly don't know what to do if Harry isn't there. He is way too involved. It is about three sisters. I am so tired of Harry being the focal point, if not the solution to these problems that they have on the show. And the villain? I mean, I didn't know what they were going to do after defeating the source of all evil in the very first season. But (laughs) when you see the evildoer in this episode 
and you're like, you can do all this, but you didn't show up at all in the first season. It's just way too much. I, I don't want to spend too much time ragging on it, but unfortunately I did not see a good premiere. Uh, I would love to hear from Charmies who enjoyed it or understood exactly what was seen. Please let me know some of the good stuff or things that I'm confusing myself with, but I need a little bit of help to get through this season so far because I just wasn't picking up anything positive from this premiere. So again, let me know what you um, what your thoughts were on the first episode, and maybe you'll hear more about the show as it goes on. And Sean, I'm sure when he sees it, he'll give his two cents in in you know in due time. Would you say you like the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not. And again, this may sound biased because I'm a big fan of the original, but this has nothing to do with the original. I'm not comparing it. I don't want it to be anything like the original. But this episode just was not. A good one. So there you have that. Um, so let's get to our episode. We are going to talk about season three, episode 11, Blinded by the White Lighter. Uh, this originally aired January 25th, 2001. It was written by Neil Scovell, directed by David Strayton. Guest stars include Audrey Wilowski as Natalie, Steve Valentine as Demon Ames, Keith David is, or Keith David, oh, I always say that, Keith Diamond is back as Reese Davidson, and we have special musical guest, Box. Do you know who Box is? I do not. <laughs> uh, so let's get to our episode. Piper and Prue prepare a potion for <laughs> say Piper that five times. Prepare a potion for Phoebe <laughs> to use on Inspector Reese Davidson, who is investigating Cole's disappearance. One of the ingredients is bat guano. Guano. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> the odor fills the kitchen. The potion will strangle Davidson from the inside if he's a demon. Leo has been out late helping charges, and Piper isn't happy that he can't talk about it. A warlock, Ames, pursues a witch, Vivian, through an alley. He throws a fireball at her, and she deflects it into a crate. Ames throws another fireball, and Vivian deflects it, seemingly vanquishing him. Just as Vivian is sighing in relief, the original Ames blinks in from behind. It turns out Vivian only vanquished a clone. He kills her with an athame and takes her powers. Her white lighter, Natalie, orbs in too late but gets a good look at Ames. Too late? Let's just say exactly the right time. Oh, right. Let me just wait until she's done and then I'll come and see what's going on. So this scene made me laugh, but not because it was funny, because it reminded me of Buffy. Oh, did it already? Okay, what'd you see? There's an episode in season seven. It's an Andrew episode. And season you know seven? I love yeah, season seven. We don't talk about season seven. What's so wrong with season seven? Are you serious right now? Never mind, go ahead. <laughs> it's an Andrew episode, and I love Andrew. He's Andrew. retelling the events of season six, but he's like distorting them. <laughs> and there's one part where Dark Willow like shoots energy at him, and he goes, I deflect thy power. <laughs> And that's what it made me think of. I love that part. I don't remember exactly that, but that is definitely an Andrew thing. I love it. I love it. I <laughs> awesome. I love that. So, um, the well, first let's unpack the first part of the um, yeah scene shenanigans when, when they're what he just heals your finger. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know he's not supposed to be doing that, but they brought it up, so they're paying attention a little bit. But the um, as they're cooking or whatever, this potion or whatever, but also breakfast, you know, Leo comes in. What's that smell? That's Piper's cooking. <laughs> um, Sean, are you a good cook? <laughs> I think I'm like a middle-of-the-road cook. Like, I can make stuff that's yummy but it doesn't always come out good okay do you normally use like a cookbook or like instructions from somewhere every time you cook or do you have dishes by memory that you make 
uh, sometimes I just experiment, but most of the time it doesn't come out great. <laughs> My trouble right now is I've cut down a lot on meat, and I'm trying to make good tofu, and it's not happening. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you want to come over for dinner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have anything else that's happening going on right now. <laughs> I am a horrible cook. I know I how know. to cook a few things. And not even those. And not even those. But um, mm. no, I, I do okay when it comes to feeding myself. Cooking for other people, don't even ask. Unfortunately, I just never learned. Um, I cook the basics when it comes to like breakfast and sometimes dinner. I'll have like a protein meat, whether it's like steak or chicken, grilled. Or I'm sorry, not, yeah, grilled. And then um, like some side dish that I got from like instant box or something like you will never watch me cook anything from scratch <laughs> put it that way so yeah if i'm smelling up a kitchen it's my cooking and it's not a potion <laughs> um the other thing that i wanted to bring up was that piper is now caught in a very weird situation because she wants her man around more often but she has to respect Leo's job. It's all for the greater good, literally. So who is she to complain? Do you think that she's being selfish or does she have a right to have a natural human relationship um, um, gripe about her man not being around? Or, um, or, or, you know, or just even on top of that, he's not even allowed to talk about his job. Yeah. Like he's being very secretive about what he does when he's not around. Um, I think that'd be very hard, and I think going into that, you would never expect to get to the point that Piper is, because theoretically, it sounds like it wouldn't be that hard to do, mm -hmm. but actually seeing it in motion, I can get why she gets like that. That's hard. I have told this, when you date a doctor, you were never going to see him. So, I mean, look, if you're cool with the money that he brings in, be satisfied, because you are not going to see your man. Everybody just praises, oh, I'm dating a doctor. I'm like, well, you're going to be dating yourself and that checkbook. <laughs> That's it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think Piper is selfish, and it's great that she's self-aware, that she, even though she is pissed off, she knows she has to accept it. And, you know, after a while, it's, it's not going to be as cute, but... Yeah, you're going to have to open up a little bit, Leo. Let's meet somewhere in the middle, maybe, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and we did establish we're cool with people having high-paid jobs. Do you think it is possible for them to still have a balanced life away from work? Like, not even bringing the work home. No. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the two, mm -hmm. really, in my opinion. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that Natalie comes in and she kneels down and she waves her hands to try and heal yeah. her. And it was just so cheesy. I was like, what are you trying to do, Natalie? What is this new healing technique that you've got? Because I don't know what that was. <laughs> Natalie is everything, though. So don't come for my Natalie. Natalie is everything? <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot with Natalie. I cannot with her. I, Why? I can't stand. Her. She reminded me of like a young Professor Umbridge. She <laughs> is like Susan, Kathy, Carol, <laughs> and Becky all rolled up into one yep. with a mental, <laughs> not a mental, with a multiple personality of Brenda. That like, oh no, she is everything that no one likes. I cannot stand Natalie for the life of me. She's one of those characters where I end up hating the actress just by default. <laughs> like, if I were to see her on the street, I'd be like, I fucking hate you, Natalie. You're such a bitch. I could not stand her character. She makes me so angry. Um, but let's talk about Ames. Did you recognize Ames? He looked familiar, and I kept trying to place him, and I still haven't. He's been on tons and tons of TV. If you were to look at his list, he's guest starred on a lot of stuff. He is mostly recognizable to me uh, as the uh, character named Billy Lips. It's a musician name on the show Psyched. Have you heard of Psyched? Yes, but never watched it. Okay, so... His character was actually a recurring one. They brought him back for a very, very special episode. He guest starred, and the show kind of was revolved around him, on the 100th episode of Psyched, 
which had a clue theme. I've heard about that. It is so funny, and I've never watched a sh- that that show at all in my life, but I made sure to watch that themed episode, which guest starred Miss Scarlet, Professor Plum, and Colonel Mustard, and it was freaking brilliant. It was so good, and it revolved around him. So uh, that is where I've seen him, but he's popped up in tons of TV. So we then move on to Piper, who is trying to get Leo to talk more about what he's doing. But Leo isn't willing to take any chances while they're on probation, since it's a little bit forbidden, I guess, for him to talk about what he does and with his other charges and things like that. Uh, Just as they kiss, Natalie orbs into the manor, holding the athame that Ames used to kill Vivian. And Prue walks in, athame, athame! (laughs) Tries to charge her across the table. Um, Seeing the athame, she thinks that Natalie is a demon and is about to leap over the table to attack her. However, Leo assures her that it's unnecessary. Natalie and Leo have known each other for some time. She was a medic in Leo's unit during World War II, and uh, they became white lighters around the same time. Natalie is here to warn the sisters that a warlock killed uh, Vivian and took her powers. Uh, Vivian was her most powerful charge, and ignored her advice to lay low, which kind of hinted a little bit to Piper how she doesn't want to lay low because she wants a normal life just like Vivian did. Uh, Vivi- oh, I'm sorry. Natalie is a stickler for the rules and also scandalized over the special attention that Leo gives to the sisters, hinting like you've been stooping one of the sisters and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, it's Well, yeah, especially Piper. So they argue about Piper and their special white lighter clicking language. What did you think about the language when you first heard it? That was interesting. I didn't <laughs> expect that. <laughs> so Prue goes to identify the warlock in the book's shadows, but Natalie doesn't like that they keep the book in the attic. So you mean the altar room <laughs> next to the potions lab. <laughs> um, so according to the rules, they're supposed to keep it in a special, specially protected altered room. And so Leo tries to grab a strawberry, but puts it back after Natalie disapprovingly clicks at him. Apparently white lighters are not allowed to eat on the job. So, uh, yeah. Do you think that Piper wants to know what's going on with Leo outside of their help just because she doesn't know. And it's just one of those things like, Oh, you're not going to tell me what you do. Well, I definitely want to know. Or do you think she's genuinely interested in what he does when he's gone? I think she legit wants to know. So actually, um, I really like the way you led me into a new idea, Rob. Nice. I really like the way that they handled Piper's jealousy throughout the episode mm-hmm. because when I first started being Polly, I got really jealous with the guy that I was dating with. So I did a lot of research into jealousy and I learned that you're not usually jealous of the action. Like I wasn't jealous of the fact that he slept with somebody else, which I knew about, which we agreed upon, but I was still jealous. But I was, it was something in myself that was insecure, and I was putting that insecurity into what was manifesting as jealousy. Okay. So I had to become okay with my insecurity to overcome the jealousy. Okay. So I really like how Piper said, I'm not jealous that you spend time with her. I'm not jealous that, I'm not jealous of her, but I'm jealous that she gets these things with you that I don't have. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And it's good that she was able to identify that instead of turning into some, you know, jealous girlfriend and, you know, and just hating on Leo for doing something that's super innocent, which is working with somebody that he's close to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I would say that um, her relationship or Natalie's relationship with Leo is 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 very platonic. I mean, I don't see any like weirdness. I don't even think they even dated no. back in the day, you know. And so when somebody gets jealous, it's usually stemming from like there's a possibility that they could, you know, get together. And and it wasn't like that at all. And um it it's good that Piper has an interest in her man and what he does and stuff like that. Some people don't really care and and you know, that's awesome. I will say though, Natalie 
and Leo both, and Leo should have stopped this, them two talking in their original language in front of Piper. Rude. Very, very rude. I was going to ask you, Sean, is this like horrible etiquette or is it just being a plain dick when you are in a room or, or having a sort of a conversation in a room where somebody is talking in a different language? Like, how do you, how do you respond to that? Like, I don't literally assume that they're talking about me because they chose to talk in a different language that I don't understand. But when people do it around somebody else who cannot join in the conversation, I think that is so rude. Yeah, it is. And like, I'm the same way. Cause like I got, um, a pedicure for the first time a month ago and the two women working on Anthony and I started speaking in their native language, their native language. And I didn't, I didn't find that too bad just because that's, I think their primary language. So I figured they were just talking. They weren't talking about us. But there has been times where people have spoken Spanish in front of me. And I quasi-understand Spanish. And I'm like, I know what you're talking about right now. And I know I'm in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, there, there was a time where I was hanging out with this guy. I barely knew him. But he wanted me to hang out with some friends who were in town or something. I guess they weren't done hanging out. So I was just kind of there just like, you know, just hanging out, waiting or whatever. But then they started talking in French in front of me. And it was literally just the three of us. So I was just sitting there just watching. Ooh. And I was just like, but I mean, and at the end of the night, I come to the conclusion that they're just some uppity bitches. They're, they're just so proud of the fact that they're so cultured and they've traveled and they just decided like, I'm just going to speak French tonight. And, and they just kind of went back and forth throughout the evening. It wasn't just a one-off. And I could have easily just got up and left and whatever, you know, but I'm not, I pick my battles. It's whatever. But I just found that to be so rude. Yeah. And I would never, ever shun anyone for talking in their, um, in their, you know, home language. You know, when you're in the U.S. and maybe you're not from here and, you know, you you find somebody who speaks the language that you're most, most comfortable with, you should have the privilege and opportunity to talk in your native language anytime you want. But when you're involving somebody else who cannot be a part of your conversation, you're basically just saying, we don't care, you're not here, and you're just doing your own thing. And that, I just found that to be so rude. Yeah. So, like, Natalie, go to hell for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Leo describes Natalie as one of the you know, best white lighters that we have up there. But she also has somewhat of an authority to Leo, you know, kind of reminding him of the rules, telling him what to do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Leo is a white lighter to the fucking charmed ones. You would think if anyone has authority over anybody, it's fucking Leo. Leo would not be assigned to the most powerful witches out there if he wasn't good at his job. So who the fuck is Natalie to be like, bitch, you do this. And why aren't you? Do-? I was like, who are you? That's true. I, I really don't understand why Leo is so submissive to her. And, you know, maybe there is a hierarchy and maybe the boss doesn't, you know, get assigned to the charm ones. Maybe it's a minion thing like, ooh, these, you know, little white lighters will go. But it's the fucking charm ones. You would want to put your best white lighter with them. And he has other charges. So not only is he guiding the charm ones, he's guiding other witches as well. Natalie, sit down. Have a seat. But that's very Leo. Like, I could see Piper being the dominant and him being the submissive in bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. In this scene, they referred to both a warlock and a male witch. Okay. So what's the difference? Um... Now, uh, fans will probably have a better answer to this. I think the difference is a male witch is good, warlocks are bad. That's pretty much the simplest term. If there is a more definite term, I don't remember it at this point. Hopefully, the show will describe that. But we have come across male witches, of course. I would just say that they're good witches. That's kind of what I figured. I just want to hear it from you. Yeah, no, of course. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I got it, so... Meanwhile, at a diner with Davidson, Phoebe spikes his coffee with the potion. He coughs a bit, but it turns out to be allergies. He points out the numerous occult items in Cole's apartment and tells Phoebe that Cole has a dark side. Phoebe feigns ignorance. So, 
Davidson could easily just disguise his demon cough with, oh, it's allergies. I still would have got out of there. He coughed. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry for you. Like, you didn't pass the test. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Prue, Piper, Leo, and Natalie find the book's entry on deflection. Prue and Piper can't understand how a warlock could get that close to Vivian, especially since she's almost as powerful as they are. Natalie and Leo figure out almost at the same time that it could have been a warlock who can clone himself. Prude telekinetically leafs through the book's pages and lands on Ames's page. He killed a witch in 1989 and took her ability of shapeshifting. Two years later, he killed another witch and took her cloning power. Prue realizes Ames is planning something big but can't figure out what it is. Natalie tries to shoo Prue and Piper out of the room so she and Leo can talk in private. Piper will have none of it, and freezes Natalie, much to Prue's delight. She thinks Natalie is trying to muscle in on them, even though they already have a white lighter. Leo, however, thinks Natalie is merely being cautious because she lost a charge. He talks Piper into unfreezing Natalie, and they head for the kitchen. Piper tells Leo that she isn't jealous, but doesn't like that Natalie knows things about him that she doesn't. Phoebe comes in, and Leo talks to her about Natalie. Okay, so another reason why Natalie is utter garbage. Yeah. Can you go to another room while I talk to Leo in private? Bitch, go orb anywhere in the universe and go talk to him by yourself. Do not excuse me from my own... Oh my god, I was like, how dare you? Well, not only that, but okay, you lost your charge, girl. How many do I have? One, two, three. How many did I start with? One, two, three. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Right? I mean, you can't do your job. Don't tell me how to do mine. Oh god, I cannot stand her. But I would have froze her too. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so Sean, this is one of those moments where... It just would have benefited you so much to have watched this along with everyone else when this originally aired. Because um, after Piper leaves the room and she unfreezes Natalie and then Leo goes after her and then Natalie's like, what's going on? And then Prue's like, Piper froze you. (laughs) She was like, yep. (laughs) That is a meme. It's a gif. Like. Everyone talks about this line. It is like one of the funniest lines in the show, in my opinion. It is so funny. And it just came out of nowhere. It seemed ad-libbed as well. But you can tell just from her infliction in her voice, she does not care for Natalie. And she's like, yep, she froze you, bitch. (laughs) She goes, yep. (laughs) I love it. They talk about caution and organization, Natalie. She's just all about... Um, by the book and there is a reason why there are such rules especially with something as big as all of these white lighters watching all of these witches from around the world you can't have this sort of corporation or this idea without order so doing everything on instinct or adrenaline or just kind of just going with the flow is a little bit hard to keep everything at bay so she's big on you know, organization and, and caution. So do you think the sisters could use some of that in their demon fighting? Or do you think what they're doing right now is better? I mean, yes, at the end of the day, they do prevail, but could they avoid, could they save, uh, you know, a hostage or two, you know, a, a, um, innocent or two, you know? Yeah, I would say they could actually use some organization. I don't think to the extent that Natalie's trying to push it on them. Mm -hmm. But when I think of your question, I think of the way that Buffy... Two Buffy references. No, that's fine. Yeah, this is a Buffy fan getting (laughs) (laughs) transition to charm. No, no, no. This is great. So go ahead. So in Buffy, she's constantly practicing with Giles. Like we're always seeing her practicing, practicing. But in her line of work... You know, just, for example, fighting the judge. She has to pull a rocket launcher out and, like, use that out of the blue. So she thinks outside of the box a lot, but she also has the skills from practice to fall back on when she just needs to go in and get it done. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, we talked about this when they planned their Balthazar skin removal. I mean, you can't guarantee he's going to come through that door. What is your plan when he goes through the front door or Mm -hmm. orbs in somewhere else, you know? It's... um. 
yeah, so I mean, yes, organization I think would be good to have as well and balance it out sometimes. You can't just go on instincts the whole entire time. Yes, it's worked for them, but local organization could work for sure. Right. I think the most dangerous now that I think about it is Coyote Piper. They almost lost her. They just got really lucky. Yeah, very lucky on that one. I, again, was still shocked when that knife went into her stomach. I wouldn't have done it, but, you know, they do what they got to do. This is something that I didn't even notice, and I've watched this series so many times, but Leo goes into the kitchen, and and he puts the pressure on Piper like, you can't just go around freezing people, but it was the way that he said it. He said, now, I understand that from time to time you like to freeze me when we're in bed, but you can't go around just freezing other people just because you want to. I was so surprised that they made a point to talk about their sex life and something that reoccurs more than once. This is a practice of Piper's that she does when they hook up. And I just, because they've talked about it before when they first had sex. And this is a recurring thing. This is something that they do. It's just one of their things. And I was just like, this is such an adult moment that they brought up. But he literally just brought it up like, yeah, I know you freeze me in bed and that's all good. But you can't do that. I was just like, wow. I wonder what he gets out of that, though. What does she get out of it? Well, if you hit that right spot, you obviously want it to be oh. there the whole time so they oh. freeze it at that spot okay <laughs> i got you <laughs> <laughs> i just i don't know it was it was very like casual and again for those who have been paying attention will know that that's piper's thing So Prue scries for Ames, and Natalie doesn't think that it's possible to scry for a warlock, but Prue is focusing her crystal on Vivian's power, which is technically still alive. She finds Ames in an industrial district just as Phoebe walks in. Prue calls for Piper and Leo, and Phoebe has a vision of Ames apparently killing a male witch. Uh, Natalie wants to consult the elders, though, before attacking Ames. And she thinks he might be taking a run at the sisters because they want to figure out what the big plan is since they've established that what he's been doing, killing all of these witches at these certain times, is strategic and not just random. As their powers would be in an incomparable prize for any warlock to get uh, the charm ones. And so Natalie suggests that they consult with the elders before making a move. Prue seems to agree, but it's only to shut Natalie up. So Natalie orbs away, and then she's like, are we really going to wake? She's like, hell no, we're going to go get Ames right now. (laughs) Um, So the sisters and Leo find Ames and uh, chanting in an alley. And so Piper tries to freeze him, but Ames deflects it and disappears. I deflect thy power. (laughs) Uh, It was really just a clone, and the witch appears... Um, the male witch that was in the vision, and but it was actually a dark lighter. And so recognizing Leo as a white lighter, he conjures his crossbow and shoots, but Leo orbs out. Uh, Phoebe kicks the dark lighter down, and Piper freezes him in midair. Before they can vanquish him, the real Ames appears, and he sends the dark lighter up in flames and takes his crossbow. So instead of killing the charm ones, he attacks a dark lighter. Sean, think, even though you know how this ends, what were your thoughts, if any, witnessing this? What the fuck is Ames up to? Yeah, I thought there was some sort of bigger picture, but I couldn't put my finger on it yet. Like, uh, I thought that he might have good intentions since he didn't kill the the girls, but okay. I couldn't figure out why he would have killed the witch in the beginning if he was good. Okay. All right. Um, I love Piper, though, because <laughs> the Ames goes away, and Prue's like, okay, well, what about the male witch from Phoebe's vision? And Piper's like, oh, do we have to stay? <laughs> She's just so bad. She has to stay and protect <laughs> She's like, I knew you were going to say that. Um, I just love that. Um, And if Ross was here, he would say, what, male witch is gay? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, so I love this. So the dark lighter <laughs> kills the the dark lighter gets killed, and they're all just standing there like pissed off because Ames got away with a crossbow. And then Phoebe's like, Arr. she's just like so pissed. She's like, God damn it! And I don't know. She does this little bark, and I love it. <laughs> I already knew you were going to bring that up. I, right when I heard it, I was like, Rob's going to talk about this. Because <laughs> it's funny. It's just so it's just so random. But, um, yeah, I thought that was a, an interesting scene. It definitely raises confusion, but it also still brings up, like, this demon is no joke. Like, he's up to something, and he has fooled the sisters twice already. So it's just it's just cool. I just mm-hmm. like it. The sisters and Leo can't figure out why a warlock would want to kill a dark lighter. They also can't figure out why Ames didn't even try to fight them. Natalie orbs back in and isn't happy that the sisters went after Ames without advice from the elders. She thinks the sisters are being far too reckless, especially considering they have a higher calling than most other witches. The elders call Natalie and Leo and they orb out holding hands, much to Piper's frustration. The sisters try to get a fix on what Ames is planning in the heavens, which, oh my glob, we finally get to see the heavens, Mm -hmm. but is this a goddamn cult? They're all wearing these robes and like walking around all quiet and slow. Well, yeah, I mean, there was always that sort of like traditional, like everybody's wearing robes just like God is and... You know, that Fine. that's the that's the typical attire because, you know, in the heavens, you know, we don't go for personal, you know, aesthetic. You uh. know, everybody wears the same so we can keep an order. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a little confused at first. I was like, is Natalie wearing like cheesy ass like paper wings? And then I realized it was kind of the robe and it was kind of cool looking, but yeah. it just threw me for a yeah, second. Yeah, it had that very hard head hood. It wasn't just like a a cotton one. It was it was just like this cut out cardboard that was made to be like this over hood. Yeah, it was an interesting robe for yeah. sure. Natalie isn't happy that Leo hasn't put on his white lighter robe, but Leo says he's more comfortable in his jeans. Natalie is concerned about the sisters, but Leo tells her their impulsive nature is what makes them so great. Natalie, however, thinks Leo's closeness to the sisters, especially with Piper, is clouding his judgment. For instance, she doesn't think they should have ever allowed Balthazar Balthazar, (laughs) to get as close to them as he did. She then admits she has another agenda, to tell the elders whether she thinks his love for Piper is getting in the way of his (laughs) duties. Just then, Phoebe calls for Leo, and he orbs back down. Leo! Leo! <laughs> I know. She was, like, angry calling that one. So, I wrote here that Natalie, she, you know, she's found holding hands. Piper kind of notices something. Do you think she ever tried to hit it? I don't think so. Really? She comes off to me as, like, an angry lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There's just something about, like... There seems to be this, like, brother-sister responsibility. Like, she wants him to just kind of, not necessarily be like her, but just be at his best. But, I don't know, there is some kind of equated love there. I don't think it's sexual, but it's like, you wonder if she would, like, choose him as, like, a life partner. Even though they don't, like, hook up or anything. I just feel like she would like to be where Piper's sitting. I don't know. To me, she, I know this is really just like gauging way out of what we watched, but she seems very like asexual to me where she would want to be with Leo as like a partner, but yeah. no sex. Yeah. Yeah. Like just a life partner. And, yeah. um, well, she, you know, she's definitely all about the job and, you know, who knows what she was like in World War Two, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, usually when you watch shows like this and they point out stuff like that, you kind of hint like, oh, are they leading to something? Is she trying to like, you know, so I just had to ask like, you know, she may be attracted to Leo's hot, you know, why not? If anything, I think she would have held hands with him just to piss off Piper. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's the <laughs> Natalie way. Yep. That's the Natalie way. Hearing about, again, a lot of the rules and... The fact that Leo is guiding these witches in a different way other than the order and the way that it's usually done. It kind of reminds me of what cops go through every day. 
And they're meant to follow a protocol and rule, which is always the excuse number one as to why certain people end up getting shot, even if they shouldn't have been, things like that. It's because they follow protocol across the board. If they see something that they were trained to do, they have to react in the way that they were trained. But you can't predict that that scenario is going to happen every single time. And so, um, you know, we can't have cops out there, especially with weapons going on impulse. Instincts is definitely an important part of the job, I would assume. But it's these rules and these protocols that keeps us all in order otherwise they'd just be out there killing whoever they want which some would say they're doing right now but what do you <laughs> what do you think about just said protocol is there any reason to break protocol by case by case or do you always treat every single situation to the rules that you were given i'm gonna say i understand for cops like you really have to try to stick to that protocol because they're so viewed they're even on camera now you know mm-hmm but with these sisters dealing with demons and magic, I don't think they're going to be able to stick to a protocol all the time. I think there's going to continue to be gray area and they're going to need to find new ways to use their powers. And, you know, just like going back to Coyote Piper again, mm-hmm. like if Prue didn't think of that so quick, then if she would have died. Protocol would be don't kill your sister, but mm-hmm. she killed her sister and yeah. saved her. Yeah. Phoebe. Uh, confesses to Leo that Cole is alive. So Phoebe finally let it out. What'd you think of this? I thought it was cool. Okay. And it kind of... I'm seeing where I think things are going to go. Okay. um, From the way Leo reacts. Because, like, Phoebe needs a friend right now. She needs someone to be there for her. And he just kind of leaves her. He gets frustrated and leaves. So now she has no one again. Okay. But she trusted him. Okay, here, I'll, I'll just finish up this, this particular scene. So she said, had every intentions of vanquishing him, but couldn't bring her herself to throw the potion. She assures him that Cole is good and is no longer a threat to them. Leo is very upset and thinks his guidance may have led Phoebe to let Cole go. Do you agree with that? No. I don't agree with it either. And it, it's just Natalie in his ear that just puts two and two together and he thinks it's his fault. But I don't agree with that at all either. I think Phoebe's a grown ass woman and she did it cause that was her man. Mm-hmm. Um, as Leo walks away, he feels the pain of the witch being tortured and uh, the witch is not his charge, but he wants to go to her. So I actually see what you're saying, Sean, but I actually found it very upsetting that Phoebe told Leo and put him in this position. If she was ready to tell Leo, she should have been ready to tell them all. She is asking Leo to lie to her, to his, you know, soon to be fiance and keep this secret along with her and continue lying about Cole being dead. And I just don't think that was fair. You know, that's like saying like, oh, if I killed somebody out of whatever reason and I can't keep it to myself anymore and I tell you I'm implicating you, you are now involved in this. So you must help me. Otherwise, you're going to go down with me because I had to tell somebody. And I don't know if she was put against a corner with Davidson and she just needed somebody, like you said, in her corner. But... I feel that she just wanted somebody, not necessarily to suffer, but just to have this secret along with her. And I just don't think that was fair. I I agree with you. I don't think it's fair that she put that on him. But at the same time, she's crying out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to get real serious, but it's a perfect example. My sister um, went through a hard breakup and she took a lot of pills. Okay. And she told me, and then she said she didn't. She said she was kidding, but then it turned out she wasn't. And then she told me not to tell my parents. And that's something I felt that they needed to know. So being in Leo's position, rather than breaking her trust, I um, I was there for her. And I encouraged her to tell them so that way we could all be there for her. And it was a really hard moment. Like, she couldn't even tell them. I had to end up telling them in front of her. She asked me to. Okay. So I think it would have been Leo's duty to step up and help Phoebe come out to the sisters with the secret because i think that's really what she's asking from him at this time okay 
So you're saying that it's okay that she still continues to keep the secret, but just eventually you want Leo to convince her to do it? Or do you think that she should just tell the sisters right away just like she told Leo? Well, what I'm saying is she wants to get the secret out, but she's afraid to. So the fact that she's telling Leo, she's trying to get help with the secret. Okay. So she doesn't want to tell the sisters but she does want them to know. So Leo should have been been that medium between Phoebe and the sisters. Okay. And let's come up with a plan. Let me be there. Let me help you. Okay. But instead he just leaves. Gotcha. And leaves her with the secret. Okay. No, I see that. Did you find Phoebe very convincing that Cole is good and he's not going to hurt us or anybody else? I mean, I just found that so funny. He's like, I know he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't do a very good job. She didn't have... But it's more of a feeling, and Phoebe's all about the emotions. Yeah, no, that's that's her gift. She, I mean, she was given the psychic power for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because she is the person that feels out of the out of the three. She could have probably told him more about their like intimate moment together where he could have killed her, and he didn't. But, but this is what's funny, because what did we do? We totally were just like, Cole's playing you, woman, okay? True. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so Prue, however, suspects that it's a trap. Ames It's want- a trap. Yes, yes. So, yeah, Leo is about to orb, and then um, Prue stops him because uh, she believes that Ames wanted a Dark Lighter's uh, crossbow so he could kill a White Lighter. And so Natalie orbs in and agrees with Prue. She thinks Ames wants to orb to the heavens and massacre all the White Lighters. And so Phoebe realizes what this means. Without white lighters to protect them, Ames would be free to massacre all witches as well. So you finally hear the plan. What do you think of this plan? It is so genius. That's an awesome plan. It is such a good plan. Yeah, it is scary. It's such a good plan. I love this plan. Um, And I'm not cheering them on. It's just well executed. I just think that's so awesome. But they... I think the way that the episode executed it just slowly given us clues as to what he was trying to do. And every step he took is leading to that conclusion. And so had Leo orbed with, you know, you know, that would have messed it all up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's um, I think that's good because he could have went there and got sacrificed trying to save the witch. But that also brings me to my next question knowing this plan do we still allow this witch to die you know natalie by the book we can't go save her because at the end of the day we have to save millions so do we allow her to just die and get tortured the way she was right that's a hard one because she went through it yeah she did and i don't know i think I think in this case, the sisters did what they had to, because if they would have gotten killed trying to save her, then everybody would have died. All the witches. Yeah. um, I mean, they can't predict what's going to happen, and this demon has already proven that he can, you know, sort of be two steps ahead. It it just sucks that, um, you know, they, they have, you know, that Leo had to feel all of that as well um so you know Ames at last he kills the witch because he realizes that he has no use for her nobody's gonna come to her rescue and I'd hate to think that this witch died thinking that no one wanted to come save her I hope that she didn't die like that because that's pretty much the last thing you would want to feel after you know losing your life so yeah, that kind of sucks. That made me sad. I, I actually was kind of wrestling with that as well. I, I wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the sisters aren't happy that Natalie didn't let them save the witch. They also think vanquishing Ames will be difficult due to the numerous powers that he already has. Uh, they come back to the living room where Leo tells them that he believes his feelings for them are clouding his responsibilities to guide them correctly. He has asked Natalie to temporarily take his place as their white lighter and wants them to do as she asks until he returns. Um, This is one of those moments where um, I kind of want to pull a Sean and be like, too bad that she wasn't their white lighter for a couple of episodes and then he earned his spot back or she 
decided like Leo is a better fit. And, you know, except that it was all wrapped up in one episode. But this would have been a very good continuing arc of like, oh, what are they going to do now without Leo? You know, they've got to work under somebody else. And remind me, in the new show, they got the new White Lighter. Was that just for an episode or was that for a couple? Um, That was for a couple. Ooh. Oh, damn it. I think it was I think a couple. It was ju- I think it was a couple, too. I okay. can't remember. But I know you're talking about, wow, they did that same storyline as well. I That's know. so funny. <laughs> um, and I actually liked her. I thought she was funny. Actually, it's because of the new season. I, I think I put together what this season is about because mm-hmm. my friend at work is like, oh, they already did the demon boyfriend thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't Erica. It was somebody else. I know. No, I know. <laughs> Okay, Natalie trains the sisters in a strict military style. They are to attack Ames and take the crossbow and vanquish him only if they get the chance. The sisters offer up numerous ideas for how they want to get the crossbow, but Natalie shoots them all down. Natalie is determined to rein in the sisters' impulsive nature. Afterward, the sisters prepare a spell. They have to run it by Natalie, much to their frustration... However, to their surprise, Natalie approves. Prue wants to scry for him, but Natalie plans to use herself as bait and draw Ames out where the sisters can ambush him and take his crossbow. She thinks that by drawing Ames to their turf, they'll have the advantage. Piper doesn't like this idea. If Ames kills Natalie, he can take her powers, opening the door for his long-planned rampage in the heavens. Natalie, however, is certain their plan will work. So Natalie is basically like, we don't have time to, you know, mourn over Leo leaving. We got to get to business and stop wearing all these slutty ass clothes. It's time to get to work. And Prue's like, well, I just don't have anything to wear. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually do love their little um, army training attire. I love that Prue decides to really dress for the occasion and wear camo. I just thought Mm -hmm. that was so funny. But um, they're all getting comfortable with it. And I love this scene, too, when they're all training. Uh, I think it's fun. It's a nice little montage. And um, also, she was like, Snow, pretend that I'm the I'm the enemy. And they're like, hey, <laughs> yes, we can pretend that. <laughs> I'm so happy. So excited. <laughs> uh, love it. So when Phoebe levitates and then Natalie takes her foot and spins her around, you could totally see where the hook grabs Phoebe's shirt and hanging her the way she does. And I'm like, no, (laughs) because I like her levitation power. It just sucks that she doesn't get to use it often. But that one was kind of obvious that she was hanging from something. Okay. Um. But yeah, at least we didn't forget that she has it, you know, because she doesn't use it that often. So (laughs) so Natalie orbs to the slain witch. Ames blinks in and shoots at her, but Natalie orbs away. Prue flings the crossbow from Ames's hands and he shimmers out a clone. The sisters take the crossbow and head back to the manor, but think this was too easy. Ames didn't even try to fight them. And Natalie is initially overjoyed that they got the crossbow, which was the mission, but starts to get very suspicious as the sisters uh, while she's holding it. The crossbow morphs into the real Ames, who grabs Natalie. Prue tries to fling him away, but Ames deflects it and sends her flying over the couch, which was a good effect. I love that. Uh, Piper tries to freeze him, but Ames deflects it, and she gets flung Um, over the couch as well before phoebe can even react Ames stabs natalie with an arrow and blinks away so sean did you call this no that surprised me wasn't that a surprise i was like i was watching this and i was like sean sees this he's gonna be stunned (laughs) I, i got like i'll say it again he was a good villain like it was easy And they did follow her rules. They did everything she thinks. And she said she worked out every scenario. But in the beginning of the episode, they mentioned that one of Ames' powers is transformation or whatever that word is. I can't think of it right. Transmodification. Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Thank you. And what a plan. What What a plan. plan. I loved it. And he just appears. And I'm like, whoa. You know what he reminded me of? Freddy Krueger, New Nightmare. 
Okay. When he like co- goes above the babysitter and he just she just rises. Oh, so good. You know what he reminded me of? In Invader Zim. <laughs> Zim is monologuing. And then he's like, wait, where's Gur? Where's Gur anyway? And the turkey sitting on the table gets up and Gur takes it off. He's like, it's me. I was the turkey all along. Jesus. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> so the sisters are disgusted at what happened. They feel that they just operated like they usually did. Natalie would still be alive. They call for Leo, who has been watching, and he thinks that they have only one chance to stop him. But it entails breaking a lot of rules. The sisters realize what this means, and and that means going up to the heavens. But they do it in this finish the sentence sort of way, because earlier Natalie and Leo were finishing each other's sentences. Sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I love it when... (laughs) Natalie's a white lighter from the past. See, we do sentences. She's like, that's (laughs) not what I was going to say. (laughs) I love that part. (laughs) So, yeah, I, again, just just clever work with the way that this episode was written. I just like it because I was fooled when Mm -hmm. I first watched this. I can can remember, I'll tell you right now, I did not call this. Um, Okay, go ahead. Ames glowers over Natalie while she writhes in agony from the poison. Finally, he jams the arrow all the way into her, killing her. Ames takes Natalie's powers and orbs to the heavens. He spots two white lighters and shoots an arrow at them, but one of them deflects it away. I deflect thy power. <laughs> the arrow freezes in midair. The white lighters reveal themselves to be Prue and Piper. Before Ames can figure out what is happening, another white lighter rushes in from behind and kicks him into the arrow. The third white lighter turns out to be Phoebe. Although Ames is mortally wounded, the sisters think the poison isn't working fast enough. They vanquish Ames with the spell they wrote earlier. Ready? I'm ready. Time's, Time's for, for a send. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, I thought I saw a send. Okay, hold on. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Fuck. Why the... Okay. Whoa. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. Times Time for amends and the victim's revenge. Cloning power turns sour. Power to change turns strange. I'm rejecting your deflection. Sounds like a country song. Right? <laughs> Leo joins them and tells them that they have to leave before the elders find out. The box plays at P3. Leo has been gone a long time and Piper worries that the elders are angry with him. Leo joins the sisters, though, and tells them that the elders have lifted his probation and he can be officially engaged to Pipes. The day that they bring up the the probation is when it gets lifted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything is in one episode. Yep. Um, So, yeah, they are officially engaged. So we're going to have a wedding coming up soon. Uh, So what did you think of the episode and our demon of the week? Um... This ending really surprised me, actually, that they let Natalie die. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, They plan. their plan was that he would come to heaven. Mm-hmm. But so, that being said, this episode had so many twists and turns and a cool villain. Mm-hmm. I see why you like this one so much. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. No, I really do. Even though I can't stand Natalie, I think this was a real, um, a, a well-written episode. So, um, yeah. No, good, good for them on this one. Um, would you say it's worth the wait? I would say it's worth the wait. Very nice. I figured you would. And um, it's good that you were able to kind of pick up on some of the little things that you've talked about today. And because, um, you know, if I'm not there to w- make you watch it, you know, you could be off in the kitchen doing whatever. I have no idea. But, you know, it seemed that you were definitely into it just as much as I was. So I'm glad that you enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have some notes for this episode. So this is the first time the audience witnesses how a warlock steals a witch's power. This occurs in the first episode off screen. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we finally got to see it visually. 
Uh, this is also the first and last time we see Prue use her powers to cross-reference things in order to pinpoint a certain page in the Book of Shadows. Similarly to the way Phoebe found a specific page when under the smart spell. So do you remember when Prue was like cross-referencing, cloning to yada yada, and she just flings her book? So she telekinetically found it just from her thinking about it. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, Phoebe did the same thing when she cast a smart spell onto herself, and she held her hands over the book and just scanned the whole thing. Um, so yeah, that's the only time we get to see it, but that was a cool, um, effect. Yes. Um, so Soda State of the Art released a series of charmed action figures. What? With the original Piper wearing a red top and black leather pants. In the final scene of this episode, we see Piper sporting said outfit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they had action figures. Um, this is also the first time that Piper creates or writes at least part of a spell on her own. So we've never seen her actually write a spell on her own. This is the first time that we've seen her do it. It's always been Prue or, Pi or Phoebe. Um, the title is based upon the song Blinded by the Light by New Jersey-based singer-songwriter Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. Uh, the songs that you do hear throughout the episode is Collective Soul Skin. Really? Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, you watch the Netflix, so oh, they probably didn't play it. And then also Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, It Takes Two. It's raining, man. All right, Sean, it's time for Hot Man Meter. We do have some men to talk about. Oh. Um, I actually have two contestants. All right, so for our first man we've got steve valentine who is our demon of the week ames does he make your top 10 i don't aims to put him on my list <laughs> yeah um he's not doing it for me either um the long hair even though i am a fan of it it just didn't look right on him i think that was one of my biggest things he looked a little too rock star for me i don't know there was something about just him in all black and i don't know just didn't dig it i actually did see pictures of him with shorter hair he didn't look that bad oh yeah, the, the shorter hair, hair ruins it. no the shorter hair he looked he looked yeah. better for sure um but yeah he didn't make my list either i'm actually gonna throw in another contestant here oh no if you remember the look of our dark lighter victim that <laughs> just came in and out of nowhere this is played by graham shields does this dark lighter victim make your top 10 he does not. I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually going to put him on mine. <gasps> Scandalo. I think he looks so hot. I loved him in that suit. I liked his bald head. I just think he's hot. I found him to be very attractive. Now, where am I going to put him, though? I'll tell you where you can put him. <laughs> <laughs> I have some real gorgeous men on my list this year, this season. So, I mean, I am going to put him on my list because I have to be true. He is hotter than assistant demon number one. So he's going to go <laughs> on um, my number 10 spot, knocking Billy Ray Gillian off the list. He made it so far, but just couldn't hold on. But um, yeah. So he makes my top 10. I just want to acknowledge him, even if it's just for a week. He was hot. <laughs> uh, so that goes for Hot Man Meter. Now let's talk about MVP. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. They were all pretty good in this episode. They were. But who stood out to you this week, Sean? So for this episode, because I feel like it was more centered on her, I'm going to go with Piper. All right. Piper gets the win. I am going to go with Prue this week again. <laughs> I think Prue looked uh, best dressed. She had the funniest lines. I, again, Piper Froja. Like that to me was just hilarious. And her Athame call, Athame, Athame. I just like she she's just on it. She was also <laughs> the one who figured out the plan of Ames before anybody else. So I just she, she just was on it today. So Whatever. it's going to go to Prue for me. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so that is going to do it for our show. Charmies, we hope you really enjoyed this episode this week. I know I did. Uh, Remember, we just started a Patreon page. We want all of you to join us in the attic for more bonus content. We sometimes will put out bonus episodes and things, maybe on other shows or anything Charm-related. We also have merchandise such as T-shirts, hoodies, pens, Uh, like button pins, uh, stickers, as well as mugs with our logo and other sort of um, Charmed-esque material that we would like to give you in addition to supporting our show. uh, This just keeps our show alive. Uh, I will say that we already have a Patreon on there already, (laughs) so we're off to a good start. But if you guys want more of Brunch with the Hollowells, check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash BWTH podcast. Check out the power tiers that we've um, set up for you. And if anything sounds appealing, think about supporting our show and keeping us afloat. And so we can give you more extra stuff. Um, in the future. All right, Sean. Next episode of Charmed is wrestling with demons. <laughs> wrestling with demons. Um, there's gonna be a wrestling match, and they're gonna wrestle with demons. <laughs> um, I don't know. Wrestling with demons. Oh, it's gonna be. Phoebe-centric, Cole's gonna come back, and she's gonna have to deal with the fact that she hasn't told the sisters yet. Alright, well, tune in next week to find out how close Sean was with that, and remember this entire series is on Netflix, so if you'd like to follow along while listening to our show, you can watch the entire series and get a recap on that episode. It is episode uh, 12 of season 3, Wrestling with Demons. And that'll do it for our show. Sean, say goodbye to the Charmies. I deflect thy power. Bye.